Good morning, Heritage family. On behalf of the elders, I'd like to welcome you to our Sunday morning worship. We're looking forward to the day when we can all be back together. And until that day, we'll worship in this way individually, but together in heart. We're looking, together, looking so forward to the day we can all be together. If you'll bow, we'll have a prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for blessing us. We thank you that we've been healthy. We pray we'll continue to be healthy. Our Father, we pray for our president and all the things that he's going through, and our governors and our mayors. Just be with them all, dear Lord. Bless them. We're looking so forward to the day we can all be back as a heritage family in one place. Be with us to this worship service. Help us to do everything as the way you would want it to be done. Please forgive us when we do those things we shouldn't and guide our minds to always be in the right place. In Jesus' name, amen. All things are ready. Come to the feast. Come for the table now is spread. Ye
Good morning. It is so nice to virtually worship with you this morning. And I want us to spend a few moments together in our lesson uh, with the theme of what's your name? What is the most important name that you know? Uh, you may think of your own name. You may think of your mother or father. You may think of a, a relative that has passed away and the importance of their name. Uh, I know the, the name James is important in my family as my uncle has that, my dad has that name, uh, I have that name, and Isaac has that name. So that legacy of the name James is important to us. Remember several years ago, Shelly and I went to the Biltmore in Asheville and spent the weekend and that whole complex, that whole estate is built around the Vanderbilt name and how prestigious and full of honor that name was. I have to be honest with you, I am absolutely horrible with names. I have to really concentrate when someone tells me their name and I have to repeat it several times in my brain. I know many people are the same way. I really struggle remembering people's names. Not that they're not important, but my brain for some reason is just not wired to remember names. And so I really have to concentrate on that. But you think about what's your name? What's the most important name that you know? And many times we think that our own name is important, or my father's name is important, or my grandmother's name is important. And we think about the legacy that falls behind that. But there is a name that is greater than any name that is out there. And as Enoch in our advertisement this last week saying Jesus loves the little children, that name is the name of Jesus. It is the sweet name of Jesus. There is no other name that is as important as the name of Jesus. And I want us to think about some of the 316 verses in the Bible. What is the most famous chapter 3, verse 16 verse that you know in your Bible? And everybody's going to instantly say John 3, 16. We can't wait for those sporting events to come back so people can gather together again and we, send, we see behind the goalpost this giant sign that has John 3, 16 on it. And we know that says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, his only son. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus for us. There's other popular and famous 316 verses. Turn with me in your Bible to 1 John 316. 1 John 3.16. John 3.16, we have memorized, we understand it, we know the sweet name of Jesus is the name that is given to us because God loved us so much. But we think about 1 John 3.16. If you're there, read this with me. 1 John 3.16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. The sweet name of Jesus. God loved us so much in John 3.16 that he gave us his son, 1 John 3.16, by this we know love because he laid his life down for us. Jesus laid his life down for us. And I want us to camp out in Acts 3.16. So turn with me in your Bibles Acts 3.16. I saw a tweet from Beth Moore uh, this past week. 
that talked about she cannot wait for um, for her to be able to gather together with her church so that she can hear the pages of the Bibles rustling together as everybody flips and studies together in worship with their Bible. So let me hear those pages flip in your own home as we look at Acts chapter 3. We're going to concentrate on verse 11 through 20 as part of our lesson. But I want you to look at the first part of Acts chapter 3. Peter and John went up to pray, and there was a lame man that was there. And this is obviously after the death, burial, resurrection, and the the um, transfiguration and the rising again of Jesus. And now the apostles have the power that Jesus gave them through the Holy Spirit. And Peter and John go to this man, this lame man, and in John 3, 6, look at that. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of who? In the name of Peter. In the name of John. They have all the power, right? In the name of the Holy Spirit. They have all the power, right? Peter and John are able to perform this because of the good deeds that they have done. They were followers of Jesus Christ. They were able to do everything. It's because of Peter and John that this man was healed. Absolutely not. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. How did Peter and John have the power to heal that lame man? It was not by the good works that they did. It was not by their good heart. It was not by the honorable name of Peter and John. It was through the name of Jesus Christ that Peter and John were able to tell that lame man to rise up and walk. And what happened? He just didn't sit there and was still lame. He got up. Look at verse 7. Let's go on. Let's go there. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Through the name of Jesus Christ, Peter and John had the authority, had the power, had the miraculous healing of this lame man. So he stood up and instantly had strength in his joints. Sometimes we think that of all the good works that I do, of all the the good name, the good reputation that I have, or my father held a legacy for generations and generations, and because of him and his name and his reputation, my family is of honor. Sometimes we put ourselves above everybody else because of our name, because of what our family did. But that is not right. In the name of Jesus, we have the opportunity to do what we do. In the name of Jesus, we have families that have rich legacies. In the name of Jesus, we are able to get through pandemics. In the name of Jesus, we are able to make sure that we take care of our necessities. We take care of our families and that our families do have a rich history. It is all in the name of Jesus. And I want us to look down in the bulk of the lesson, Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 11. I'm just going to start reading and bring out some points because I want you to think through this. 
Where do you see and where do you hear the name of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the power of Jesus? Where do you see the name of Jesus in these verses and how do we fit into that name? Verse 11 of Acts chapter 3. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. Jesus brings amazement. Still does today. Verse 12, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? That's our exact point we were just making. It's not through Peter and John that this man has been healed. It's through the name of Jesus this has been healed. And Peter comes out here and tells them, don't think it's about us. Don't think of it's the, it's the miracle that we did. Don't think that we are so powerful, we are so, <coughs> excuse me, we are so high and mighty, we are so great because of our legacy, and that's why this man is healed. No, it's through Jesus. Verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. He is pointing his finger at these people again. You are the ones who sent Jesus to the cross. Pilate wanted to free him, but you sent Jesus to the cross. Verse 14, but you denied the Holy One and the just. You asked for a murderer to be granted to you. You had rather send Jesus to the cross and an open known murderer be released into public. Verse 15, and killed the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Verse 16, and his name, the name of Jesus, and his name, through faith in his name, you see that again? In his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes from him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. It is not about Peter and John. It's not about the murderer that you dismissed out of jail to crucify Jesus. It is about Jesus and Jesus only. And through Jesus, this man has been healed with the faith that he has. Verse 17, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance and did also your rulers. How many of us that verse speaks to? We are the ones who sent Jesus to the cross. And out of our ignorance, in verse 17, out of our ignorance, Jesus was killed. Verse 18, But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Peter's shaking his finger at the people. You, <coughs> excuse me, you put Jesus on the cross. You killed Jesus. But it was all for a plan. 
It was all of God's plan. A murderer was to be released so that Jesus would be crucified. In verse 20, or let's, let's go back to 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Did you hear that? We are the ones who put Jesus on the cross. Our sin put Jesus on the cross. And what are we called to do? Verse 19, repent. Turn away from your sin. Walk the opposite direction. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, as we offer an invitation this Sunday morning, we all have been infested by a virus. There's a virus that's going around, a pandemic that is happening in our world that is taking people by storm, but it is not anything new because we all have been infested and infected with a virus. And that's the virus of sin. Because many times we think that, you know, Chad, I, I, I can handle, I can handle every situation you throw at me. I don't need anybody else's help. I don't need prayers. I don't need guidance. I don't need elders to anoint me. I don't need this. I don't need that. I don't need the Bible. I don't need God because I have this. Chad Hedgepath has this. I don't need anybody else. And how foolish is that? Because I need, and you need, the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the price for our sin. Look at Romans 3.23. You probably know this by heart. For all have sinned. How many of us? All of us. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We can't do it on our own. We try so hard. Well, I can take this medicine or I can quarantine myself and I can isolate myself. I can, I can get well. I can, I can get rid of this pandemic in my house by taking care and, and taking charge. We all need Jesus. And Jesus died so that we might have, we might have life in him because all have sinned. That's me, that's you, that's my family, that's everyone I know. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's one more 316 verse I want to look at. Luke chapter 3 verse 16. Now, don't get me wrong. This is man-made. God did not put these numbers and verses together to align, but... I do believe in holy coincidence. And I think John 3.16, 1 John 3.16, Acts 3.16, and Luke 3.16 might just happen to be put together. Luke 3.16, John answered saying to you, this is John the Baptist, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. 
Isn't that appropriate? That's a holy coincidence. All those 316 verses are working together to point all glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ. It's not about you. It's not about me. Even though as much as I want to take control and handle every situation that's thrown at me, I know that I need Jesus. And I beg you this morning, you need Jesus too. We all need Jesus. We need Jesus at this very moment more than any other time. We need Jesus in our world, and it starts with Jesus living and breathing and shining inside of each one of us. I found this great story as we end. It said, in Ronald Reagan's first inaugural address, he, make, he makes reference to the simple white grave markers that are in Arlington Memorial National Cemetery. And he said this, this is his quote, Under one such marker lies a young man who left his job in a small town barbershop in 1917 to go to France and the famed Rainbow Division. There, on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We are told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work. I will save. I will sacrifice. I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost, as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. The issue of the whole struggle, the whole world rests in the hands of Jesus Christ. He paid the price for our sin. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God had a plan. And it's not about what we do. It's about what Jesus has done for us. Jesus paid the price for your sin. And he and God simply ask us to follow their commandments. And this morning, I want to offer an invitation to you. If you have not been baptized, you have not been washed clean of your sins, I beg you this morning, this is your time. We can make it happen. You contact an elder, you contact me, you contact Steve. This is the time to realize that I can't do it alone and that I need the sweet name of Jesus Christ in my life. If you're struggling right now, we, we've all been struggling in various forms and fashion. If you are struggling spiritually this morning, I beg you to let our elders know. Let us know. Let us pray for you. Realize, just like Peter and John said, it's not about the good works that they did. It's about Jesus. Allow Jesus to work in your life. Let me encourage you this morning, please let our leadership, let our elders, our deacons, me, Steve, Adam, let any of us know how we can help and support and lift you up this morning. We pray for you often and we think about you often. And I want you to know that the sweet name of Jesus is enough.
first thing that comes to mind? Love, salvation, sacrifice. I think the beginning of this hymn does a great job of stating it. In the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess him king of glory now. Tis the Father's pleasure we should call him Lord, who from the beginning was the mighty word. In this day and age, it's easy to blur the line between popularity and greatness. We hear names like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Michael Jordan, Peyton Manning. These are names that you instantly recognize and may place some varying levels of greatness. But as we read in Acts 4.12, Salvation is found, no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. 
The great power of, about Jesus is that he loves us all. Going back to my original question, what do you think of when you hear the name of Jesus? I gave the Bible class answers, and I really and truly hope that every one of you have those thoughts instantly pop in your head. But I know for me there are times when different things pop in my head, like shame and unworthy. And one of the wonderful things about Jesus is that even when those things pop in my head, and I may think those things about myself, he loves me regardless. He loves me no matter what. So, as we join in the Lord's Supper this morning, let us focus on the love and the power that his name provides. Please join me in the prayer for the bread. Lord, we are so thankful for this day and for the ability to gather in your name. And while we may not be joined together in the same room, we know that you are with us and love us. Lord, as we partake of this bread that represents your body, please let us do so in a manner that is pleasing to you with open hearts and a genuine love for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So regardless of what popped in your head when you hear his name, Jesus was willing to lay his life down for us. As we read in Romans 6 through 8, you see at just the right time, when, there were, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Please join me in the prayer for the fruit of the vine. Lord, we are so thankful that you sent us your only begotten Son to die for our sins. We are so thankful that he loved us enough to die for our sins, that even though we aren't worthy and could never earn salvation in our own works, he was willing to shed his blood on the cross on our behalf. As we partake of this fruit of the vine, please help us to remember and focus on the love and sacrifice of Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning, Heritage. Thank you, Chad, for that lesson on the name of Jesus. Now, if you'll bow with me. Dear Most Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the, the time we have to worship you. Father, thank you for the elders and deacons, and we pray that your wisdom is guiding them and that you show them love, Father. Father, we also ask that you be with our our elderly and our shut-ins, and we pray that everyone's healthy and safe and that, Father, that we can show them love. And Father, be with the leaders of our land and our and of the whole nation, Father. And we ask that you guide them and that they lead us through this pandemic, Father. And most of all, Father, we know that you you are the reason why um, you you sent our, your son to die on the cross for our sins, Father. And we ask that you forgive us of our sins and that. We use this time that we have together as a family, as a church family, to grow closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> May the Lord bless you and keep you until we meet again. We miss you and we love you. Bye.